There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily. Uh, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, once again, it being a Monday, Danny Kelly was here for a deep dive into the Premier League weekend. Yeah, we had to have an extra section. We did, yeah. <laughs> we needed a bigger boat because of VAR and all the nonsense <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, so we did that. Charlie Cooper joined us as well, the uh, actor and star of this country. He's got a new film out. He's a big Fulham fan as well, so it was good to chat to him. And Andy Smart uh, joined us, ball runner, comedy store player, etc. Farnborough fan, and we were talking uh, ball running and some worrying statistics that he put into perspective. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Who was ever an advert for getting rid of VAR? It was Carlos McAllister's disallowed goal for Brighton. Yeah, I mean, what a strike! He, the boy himself, said he'll never score another goal like that as long as he lives. Know, probably yeah. it was such a shame. I mean, look, we're going to we're going to have a good Marginal long chat with Danny best, about you know. it. And both the calls at the game I was at the weekend were correct. You know, one was offside. Oh one yeah, wasn't same offside. for me at the game I was at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are you? I thought for a minute. I wonder how he's going to how's he going to play the Mendy Jared Bowen? Yeah. I'd call it a tackle, but that would that would no, suggest it was a tackle. Ridiculous. It clearly wasn't a tackle. And what is what was it like in the stadium when it happened? Well, when the goal went in, did you all think was anybody saying that must be a foul? Look at him. He's to be honest, I'll be You're very at the honest. Other end with of the you. No, I'll be very honest. We are at the other end, and to be very honest, I was with my grandson and my boy, and we left on the goal, so I didn't see it. To right, be honest, oh, okay. So. Fair enough, I didn't see it. But, I mean, I saw it on telly. Mm. I didn't need to be there. <laughs> I could yeah. see. It was, a, it was a disaster, I mean, yeah. from, from BL. But just, I'm, it... I'm just fed up. I'm fed up with managers who just ignore what everybody else knows. Everybody knew, Tuchel, mm. everybody knew that Brozier should start and you've got to stop picking Mendy. Mm. Jason said it, I said it, everybody on the website, everybody knows this. What is it with football managers? They just go against yeah. what everybody <sighs> believes. Why would you play 3-5-2 with two mm. little blokes up front like that? Unfortunately, he's on sort of four million quid a year and it's not press the uh, well, red button on your handset now. That's not the way they work. You keep getting it really? wrong like that, you won't be yeah. long, long in the job. That well, we have so got poor. so much to talk about. We want to look at yeah. all the games in the Premier League this weekend because obviously there was a full programme, mm. no games tonight with Champions League, etc. this week. So, um, slightly earlier than usual, uh, Danny Kelly joins us uh, from so the Emerald Isle. Uh, good yeah. afternoon, Danny. Good afternoon. Hello, gentlemen. It is coming something, isn't it, where we have to set aside whole chunks of shows now just to discuss not the concept of VAR, but yeah. just what the pig's ear uh, is being made of it. <laughs> I mean, we, we had hoped to, to shoehorn this in to our normal review, but it would have just dominated things just too much. Yeah. And look, I, I've got to be honest, everyone you know, been listening to me for years, I was literally incandescent and banging on desks to get 
some help for referees five, four or five years ago, which resulted in the VR, not, not just my anger. I'm equally mm. angry about it now. Mm-hmm. I could not have foreseen, I could not have foreseen the idea that the, the referees and the people doing the VR would be the same people. How can that possibly work yeah. for any number of ways? And the reason why I'm, I'm so upset about it, it's not, you know, that goal can't come back for West Ham fans, Arsenal fans, whoever it is. Um, but I think it's undermined the fabric of the game. Mm. Um, and I'm not suggesting anything other than incompetence here. But if you look at what happened with athletics, once people start to think, I don't believe what I'm seeing in the sport, and in that case, it was drugs. If you can't go to a football match and believe the evidence of your own eyes, mm. Then why would you why would you put yourself through that? And of course, football's superbly popular. All the money's in there, but everything. Look at how snooker went for many many years. Everything is possible, and the authorities in this country. And it's only England that seems to be having these traumas. They are skating on really thin ice now with the actual fans and their feelings about the sport they love. We should uh, actually do this officially because every week uh, we put uh, uh, something, somebody, normally a club, almost mm. certainly a club, a club. Yeah. Uh, it enters the barrel. It takes its turn, as the old joke goes, in the barrel. And uh, so we play you a little bit of music. I think, can we fire up the pugwash music uh, this <laughs> afternoon? <laughs> yeah, whose turn is it in the barrel oh. this week? Well, for the first Come time, in. It, it is an entity. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not an entity. It's VAR, but uh, personified by our old mate Mike Riley, the man in charge of PGMOL, the country, the nation that has been uh, having its own system of uh, VAR for the last few years now and is sending no officials to the World Cup, Danny. That does tell us uh, something, doesn't it? No VAR me. officials from, from the Premier League going to the World Cup, which, I, which tells I, I'm us I'm sure Lee Mason's a very, very nice man and he doesn't do anything of this deliberate, but I never rated him as a ref and I don't rate him right. as a VAR either. I mean, what, what is he seeing? What is this yeah. bloke seeing? And how is he still doing the job? It just makes no I, sense. I, as, as I say, the, the idea that the people who would be one day under this, one Saturday under the scrutiny of the VAR, mm. but would the next Saturday be doing the scrutineering, mm. it just doesn't make any sense because human nature, you'll be watching out for your own ass, so to speak, and <laughs> not wanting to um, drop a ricket in front of this um, scrutineer because next week you'll be scrutineering them. And, and, and also, we should make the point. Um, referees, I see Dermot Gallagher, who I, I've worked with for many mm, years, mm. and I like Dermot, but he, each week now he's re, re, rolled out to defend the indefensible. And he keeps talking about this group of referees and how they're hoping <clears> to improve, <throat> as though they're one homogenous, happy band of brothers. They're not. Oh. They're rivals for the big games. They're <clears> rivals <throat> for the big tournaments. They don't mind if you see if they make the other fellow look foolish. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, they don't. I don't think people realise. Well, honestly, it's yeah. it's it's the bitchiest world out. I mean, I'd say it's bitchier than any other business. <laughs> referee. Wow, and, and you work in radio. <laughs> oh, oh, backstage at a fashion show. Forget it. Uh, honestly, it's, 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 yeah, the they're other, all they're all ribbing each other. The other consequence all, yes. I think is very unfortunate mm. is that yeah. managers like Jesse March and Tuchel. All right, they're supposed to control themselves, but they're getting the mm. really terrible decision. That Brentford. I mean, you know. That was a penalty for Leeds. It clearly yeah. was a penalty. So the bloke yep. ends up going, man, and he gets a red card. Yeah. But the bloke who gave the decision, nothing happens to him. It's it's wrong, you know. I think if you, the managers should not be punished if it's seen afterwards that it was, you know, the, the VAR the, was wrong. The right decision. But what, yeah. what, what's driving me, and I guess many other football fans mad, is you know it's wrong, Andy. I'm looking at you, despite uh, your your make some ludicrous claim about, about West Ham's equaliser. Paul knows it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I know it's wrong. 
The people in the stadium know it's wrong. The people in the TV studios know it's wrong. But nothing is being done about it. Because it's been introduced at great expense with much hoopla, it's going to carry on. Well, mm. I suggest this. They've got a perfect opportunity now. Howard Webb is coming. So they're changing the person at the top of Pugmole. And by the way, how could we ever have any confidence in an organization that the best they could do was call themselves Pugmole? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You know, you can do better than that. One of Pingu's um, cousins, I believe, yeah. Pugmole. Yeah, he's I've the second heard cousin in, of I've, Pingu. Yeah. I've heard With the World Cup coming, mm -hmm. they've got an opportunity here. Stop it this week. Well, <laughs> Stop it! Close it down. No, they won't have do it for that. you've got you. No, they won't do it. Andy, You're basically singing should. "Imagine" now, Danny. <laughs> no, You're singing no, "Imagine." No, no, no. Close it down and say, Howard, you've got to like, the far side of the World Cup to sort it out, mm. as you've done with reasonable success in the United States. Um, because, because I tell you for why. Because if we continue to just let it roll on, everyone knowing it's wrong again, it undermines faith in the game, yeah. um, and also then we become complicit. We need to march on Pugmol with our torches and rakes and get the thing cancelled. And a march on Pugmol. I just Pugmol. wanted to say, I've, heard, I've Pug... heard some... Where do Pugmol live? Where do they no operate idea. out of? I mean, we, we can we go to Stockley Park. Who is their no... governor? Uh, yeah, who no, will be there? That's true. We don't know where to march. We're lit torches. Anyway, We're that's running out of time. I didn't get a chance to music. say these ideas of time limit and, and old players, I don't think any of that's going to work either. Because no. You just want them to get the decision right. I don't mind if they take a long time as long as they get it right. This is the music they play when they're trying to clear people off. Uh, we're going on too long at the Oscars so uh, whenever we go on too long about a game or, or something uh, you'll hear that music so we should get off now the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Danny Kelly is with us we'll be chatting to Dale Johnson from ESPN Mr VAR later on there is this crisis summit but I think we've dealt with um, VAR we move on to the actual football but we may touch on VAR almost by mm. default really as we chat about the games Manchester United 3 um, Arsenal won, Danny. Uh, I think, maybe, look, even in defeat, Arsenal maybe answered a few questions what about... What a strange game. They were the yeah. better team. What about those yeah, people that had said, you know, yeah, well, it won't be the same when they go away to Old Trafford. But they still showed they can turn it on and were for large tranches of the game were the better team. So should the Arsenal fans, well, including the one in your house today, Danny, sh yeah. is she very downhearted about what she saw? Well, actually, she, she's doing, um, no, no doubt, hugely important and remunerative work in London. So I haven't had to see um, her no doubt downcast features although um, the Arsenal fans um, one produces my podcast one produces my other show here on Talk Sport and they were having a, a little chat before the game I think it represents to them Paul you'll know what I'm going to say next the trip to Old Trafford represents what for Spurs fans the trip to Stamford Bridge represents mm. how how are we going to get robbed out of this result this time round? Um, and they were predicting this exact Hello? sequence of events. Oh, Hello, uh, Not from this year, of course. <laughs> this year, oh, oh, you were really uh, robbed of a two-two draw that we should have won. God, I've heard uh, it all now. <laughs> no, uh, Andy, I, I hadn't got quite to the end of that thought. You're absolutely right. Spurs got away with it at, at Stamford Bridge, and thank you for pointing that out. The point I'm making is, um, and look, we're not going to do the VAR thing. They Arsenal no. had a perfectly good goal, ludicrously disallowed at a time when. They oh, were no. the better team. It was a foul. That's a but foul. How, you go, if you don't play the ball and you trip the man over and push him, trip him up and push him over, that's a foul. He never touched the ball, Erdegaard. How can that not how, be a foul? But Andy, because, Andy, the referee didn't give it as a foul, how can you then go back in time like some kind of time lord, um, like Doctor <laughs> no, it, Who, it, it to give the decision? It led directly to the goal. No, I think that was a fair decision. I thought he got it right. I mean, he took and a long time, but he got it right. That is exactly the, the, the kind of stuff that has kept you on the radio for so very, very long, my friend, <laughs> um, because nobody else in the country believes that. 
No, it's um, not true. You, I mean, the, most most people. Who else? Henry Winter this morning. Most people thought it in reading the paper. Most people thought it was a foul. Erdogan fouled. Uh, it, it, it was it was a marginal whether it was a foul or not. So therefore, if you go if you're going to go back <clears> and disallow the goal for what the referee thought wasn't and somebody else, another mm. referee thought was, then I think you've, you're, you're, you're opening yourself up, Andy. I mean, we're doing the VR again, I'm sorry. <laughs> to go, well, what about before the pass came to him? And there'll be, ref, be refereeing the goal kick from which the, 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 the original move came from. Mm. Anyway, let's, let's make a point Andy, uh, that uh, Paul was making is that Arsenal played really well and still got beat. But that, but that's the Premier League for you. Mm. Football's not, it's mm. not an exhibition, it's a competition, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, I did wonder why Paul Tierney's gone for the shaved head look. I thought, yeah. perhaps, he, perhaps he makes him think it's more like Howard Webb and Kalina. It's quite dogs of war, isn't it? It doesn't reflect like, like playing the Everton know. midfield in the 90s. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> we should salute Manchester United as well. It's a very good victory yeah. for them. It's good to see Marcus Rashford. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk later on about Ivan Tony and his, his England credentials. But, you know, Marcus Rashford, uh, an important player for England and showing a bit of swagger again. And they were good for finishes that he probably wouldn't have made uh, at the tail end of oh, last season or oh, even uh, the start uh, of this. And his pass for Anthony, and I like mm. when you use players, what appears to be four names now, the mm. pass for Anthony was superb as well. A simple skill, but the sort of thing that for the last 18 months, Marcus has been hesitating over or not quite executing. Lovely to see him put it in there. Um, and, you know, you're right. I, I, it's Manchester United, um, and we've had the joy over the last few uh, years, those of us who you know enjoy a, a big club uh, falling flat in his face, I've, I've always had a group of really good footballers, mm. but somehow they've had managers who've mess, messed up the meshing of the players. Um, Ten Hag looks at uh, some simplicity things. One, he's dealt with the Cristiano Ronaldo thing. You won't start every game. Um, secondly, um, even though he's got Casemiro, they cost a lot of money for, he sees in McTominay something at the moment. It's not something that's immediately obvious to the untrained eye, mm. um, but he's, he's and he's stuck with the team, um, and also leaving out Maguire. All the things that previous managers couldn't bring themselves to do, he's doing, and it's a little bit worrying because they're they're getting better each week. There we are. So mm. we there's the Oscars music. So yeah. we move on. We move on to uh, Brighton and Hove Albion five, Leicester City two. Wow. Oh, two, yeah, two. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, you got problems when you concede five to Brighton, who aren't exactly the most free flowing team. No, that's true. I mean, the, the floodgates <laughs> open. It could have been even worse with that McAllister goal. But uh, yeah, the worry... first time they've got five in the top level, and that includes their yeah. previous incarnation with. Peter Ward up front. Yeah. Oh, the right. They won't score good. five against yeah. the team all season. <laughs> yeah. Probably no. not anyway. But, uh, and of course, it's it's only Pugmol that has kept the you know the Leicester manager from being chin deep in the in, in the pugwash tub because yeah. um, yes, it's true. It's yeah. true. And, and yeah. Get the music they, out again. They've got, some, they've got some good players, Leicester, but they are a diabolical yeah. team. I mean, he's not a moment. big man, Mike Riley. There would be room in the barrel for Brendan as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's I not a big all, man either. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, Danny, in some ways. You, Danny, you made a good point though when we were chatting before the show about how strong all the teams in the Premier League are, and you quoted it, it Leicester's is, midfield. It, yeah. Um, yeah, they, Leicester City are uh, bottom of the Premier League with Wilfred Ndidi, Yuri Tielemans, um, and James Madison as their as their as their midfield. There will be teams in the Champions League mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, lots of games live here on the Talksport Network who will have nothing like that strength in midfield. And it's been the the current transfer window, where as you know, the Premier League has outspent all the other big leagues mm. put together. Some individual English clubs have outspent some of the bigger leagues in net terms. 
Um, and what's what it's seeing is, except for the top 2% are still playing for Real Madrid and, and Bayern mm. Munich and Paris Saint-Germain, below that, all the best players in Europe are gradually being dragged mm. into the Premier League. So everybody's got fantastic footballers. You know, Brighton, they haven't got a week. They, they, they've lost their, arguably, their two most influential players from last year. Not a problem. Yeah. They've got loads of good players. Yeah, I mean, Caicedo, they, they've pulled out of nowhere. Fantastic. Mm. The the rowing that went on with um, among the Leicester players, I know that obviously Brendan was spinning like merely mm. afterwards saying, this just shows the passion and the <laughs> yeah, spirit. Not really. It didn't look like that, did yeah. it? So uh, no. it's not, I mean, there were, it's, somebody's actually wasted a perfectly good bed sheet, a Leicester fan, and written Rogers out on it and took that yeah. to the game yesterday. So you, you yeah. do kind it's of... It's difficult say- for Brendan because yeah. you can't change the players because they haven't got the money and they didn't buy anybody that want one player or something. So what else can they do? Is that you know? dangerous? Keep, can turn if you keep telling players they're not good enough, they'll start playing like that. And he would argue he hadn't, but if you look the subtext of a lot of what he said last week, probably didn't go down well in the dressing room. And you do sense he's on borrowed time, Danny, really. I mean, it, it, it's that thing where... You know, he has said it's been a difficult transfer window. We haven't got the players we hope to get. Um, and you would think that professional footballers would say, well, you know, that's the man and we'll show him. But they don't. They allow it to to be the th- to come off their own performance, mm. three, four, five percent, enough to make a difference. And you're right. You can you can tell when the arguing is we promised each other we were going to play better than this, and the arguing which is, oh, I thought with Leicester was you're no good and I'm going to sort you out and all the rest of it. And that, that looks, <clears throat> it look, they look they look a dreadful team at the moment. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I tweeted a picture of people uh, dealing with an unexploded bomb. Playing out from the back, they look like they're literally going to give you the ball every time. And Brighton said, thank you very, very much. Yeah, uh, we very move much. on then, there's the Oscars music. We move on mm. to uh, Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 1. Maybe they should have been a bit more surprised in the voice because that, that was the Acker buster and one of them oh, at the yeah. weekend. No one really expected that. Though, Fair really. play to... Oh, I, um, love, I love Pep, though. He always overplays the opposition. He said, yeah. uh, I'd rather play them when they're in form than the fact they've just got thrashed and they're useless. Yeah. <laughs> he always does that. He always builds them up. But, you know, it was they a, won. a great performance by them, though. Leon Bailey, we should doff our captain that was a good performance but a a shock result but uh, you know Haaland still found a way to score and the goals in the box he is just that one thing that City always uh, lacked uh, that sort of Johnny on the spot and and there he is again just tucking it home yeah I mean the the problem that coaches have got to have will have and they they will be looking at the the Haaland issue is that he's unfeasibly big and athletic six, seven, eight yards out from the goal. So you've moved him up up the field. You try and play high against them. He's also the quickest player of his size I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and because this is down to genetics, isn't it? You know, his father was a professional footballer. His mother was a very high-quality heptathlete. He just has whatever twitch fibres you require um, for upsetting defenders. He's got them in, in vast numbers. And, you know, he was, he was really good in a Dortmund team that was a bit... A bit hit and miss in a team which is going to provide him with a lot of possession in the penalty area or the edge of the penalty area. Um, you know, he's going to be fantastic. I'm asking, let me ask you about Steven Gerrard because we talked about, about Brendan. Um, would there have been room if they hadn't got this goal for Steven in the, in the pug wash barrel uh, on this show? Or has he still got a little bit, you know, it's Manchester City, so you don't get put in the barrel no, that if was you lose to Manchester result. City? I mean, he yeah, that's, that. yeah. That's, yeah. But, I mean, there, you can't blame VAR for the controversial moment in that game. It's just the linesman should never, he got it wrong. He shouldn't have lifted the ref. He wasn't offside. Have, the ref shouldn't have blown. Yeah. And, you know, then they wouldn't have stopped and Coutinho might have had a goal and then they could have looked at it afterwards. Yeah, that was, a, I mean, you know, again, that's 
not the technology. That was just a bit of a breakdown in communications, Danny, wasn't it? Really? Although that, that's the one I'm least angry about because, mm. um, uh, you know, it, it was clear that the players had heard the whistle. Edison had given up on the shot. He didn't. Mm. He could have he probably, probably headed it, anyway. it away. No, he yeah, say. I guess it was just a relief to see some good old human error, wasn't it? Again, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. The I remember the game. Remember, remember <laughs> human <laughs> error. Um, anyway, Those were the days. You know, <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Danny Kelly is with us. We're looking at every game in the Premier League this weekend. We've got loads to squeeze in. So uh, two five twos in a weekend. Uh, Brentford five leads two. Danny and I think the main mm. takeaway is that uh, Ivan Tony not a bad player. <laughs> yeah, um, increasingly obvious that he you know every time he's been asked to go up a level um, and to shoulder more responsibility, he's responded. Um, with great facility, he, 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 if you asked, if you asked, but you know what, what is he good at? You'd say, you, you wouldn't say he's a magnificent header of the ball or he's got blinding pace, but he's got eight out of ten for everything, and that mm. makes him a real handful. And to the credit to, to Brentford, they've worked out a way of making sure that he's at the focal point. Nearly all their attacks end up with him in the region, in the general vicinity of the last pass, um, and that's giving yourself a, a great, great chance. Um, but it was a 5-2 in this case, unlike the other one, which was reflective, I think, of the play. This was rather, this was rather closer game, really, wasn't mm. it? He was the difference between the teams because Leeds, bedding in their new players, got goals from Sinistera and Rocker. Um, mm. But until, until the latter stages, when they went... Brentford, in, in, what's the racing parlance here, Paul and Andy, when the, the, the winner just pulls away in the last furlong? Mm. Um, whatever that is, that's what they did, because it was a close-up to the end, and it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, my stupid takeaway from this game was Sinistera. I know his brother does the shipping forecast. Finisterra. Uh-huh. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's, but, well, that's, yeah, I, I mean, we've that. been watching, you know, I've been going out to Brentford, I've watched Ivan Tony. I, I don't get what these big scouting, big club scouting departments are looking at. He could walk into any team in the top six. He's an absolutely brilliant brilliant player. Yeah. Come on, Gareth. I don't know what you're doing. He's got well, to no. go. He's good enough to play for England. If you, penalty shootouts, it's so obvious. He's yeah. a brilliant penalty taker. Free kicks. Free kicks. He's just a. He's just an all-round really, really good player. It's got to be worth having a look at him with so little time yeah. left for the World well, Cup. Gareth, of course, could, could, spent the weekend. He was in Italy hmm. uh, to watch Roma, to to watch um, Chris Smalling, and of course Tammy Abraham get beat four 0 by Udinese yeah, last night. I mean, he I, was sat there in the crowd looking rather glum. I, I mean, I watched a lot of Tammy Abraham, and he's a very decent player. But I'd yeah. say Ivan Tony is ahead of him, in my view. But there you go. Hmm. If 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 the, if, the, if the measure, and I don't know how England are going to try and play, if the measure is somebody to put the ball over the line, that most desirable of qualities in a footballer, then yes, Tony's, Tony is more likely to get you that goal, isn't he? Yeah, and he's a handful. Yeah. Um, Nottingham Forest, two. Bournemouth, three. Oh, well, I think poor yeah. result that was for Forest. I mean, they, really? were, they were coasting. Oh, I mean, even uh, Brennan Johnson even had time to kind of cock an ear to the mm. Bournemouth fans at 2-0, thinking, job done. But, uh, I mean, yeah, whatever Gary O'Neill said, the, chair, the caretaker boss at half-time, it seemed to all work, Danny. I mean, this, uh, you know, if we go back in time, this is a pure Michael Crawford result, isn't it? This is a whoopsie. Mm. They've done a whoopsie here, Forrest, because um, (laughs) their massive array of previously unintroduced teammates um, got two up. And what was interesting was that Bournemouth, um, who'd done the opposite and brought, really, they've got the same... I mean, think about the names that Philip Mm. Billing got a goal, Dominic Solanke got a goal. This is their, um, their championship team. Jade Nantony's been there since the dawn of time. Um, and one of the assists came from Lewis Cook, 
who, you know, may, I think he's the son of Captain Cook. That's how long he's been around. Um, but the stability of Bournemouth overcame the sort of firework volatility. I'm not against Forrest, incidentally, um, buying 22 or three players, whatever it's going to end up being. Sometimes you've got to roll the dice, um, and they have done, but uh, it all came a bit unraveled there. And that's, that's one of those results I think you look back on mm. later on in the season when you're having your relegation struggle, if that's what's to befall the tricky trees, and you'll go, oh, do you remember when we were two up against Rotten yeah. Old Bournemouth mm. and didn't win? Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horror result for Forest. Well, in, was, in the but... mini-league, they're going to be in, as mm. we, were, we were saying on Friday. In that mm. little mini-league, that, that was you needed three points at home against Bournemouth. Uh, that's so you, you certainly don't need to be, be cock- cocking your ear at the opposition fans quite so early that's no. for sure wonderful strike by Billings as you mentioned there Danny I thought yeah. well, Danny Murphy was a bit harsh on Dean Henderson I was thinking Edison and Allison together in goal wouldn't have saved that one <laughs> yeah. unbelievable we'll hear yeah, if, it, seven, if, yeah. if he had saved that could definitely have raised his hat to the crowd couldn't <laughs> yeah. he <laughs> well let's have a look at um, Chelsea 2 West Ham 2 well that's what he should have been anyway yeah um, <laughs> that's what I still think it is you didn't say yeah. that when, when Spurs game well, that was, that was different. That was uh, fully. Stop fully bringing deserved. up the Spurs game, man. I mean, to be fair to Chelsea, history. they did score two good goals after uh, Tuchel actually did what he should have done, which was bring on Brozier. He should have yeah. started. If you're going to play 3 5 2, nothing wrong if you play Brozier and Havertz up front together. Or, for an know. hour, though, Andy, you were there. This was an absolute dog with fleas. Oh, what a it? terrible game. I felt sorry for my five and a half year old grandson who was with yeah. us. Who uh, Actually, uh, he's amazing. He didn't get bored, although he didn't seem Did he enjoy the technical did. nature of the to and fro of a, of a team? <laughs> we had to explain to him at half time that football can be really, really boring. <laughs> That's what makes the great moment. <laughs> It's so good. It does. It heightens it's hard all for a five stuff. and a half year old to get that concept yeah. though. Beyond the VAR, uh, uh, Danny, what were the, what were the yeah. takeaways for you then in this one? Um, that West Ham are <clears throat> a, 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 a pretty good team, and David Moyes sometimes gets <clears throat> gets these runs, doesn't he? Where he's forever having to go on television and explain to us we're really quite a good team, and this went wrong or that went wrong. It's happened with Everton all the time. I think it's because he's always managing teams that are punching upwards, and they're always looking to take the next step. And if they got the draw against Chelsea, they would have said that was a you know a decent result in what's going to be a decent season for West Ham. But the defeat leaves them a bit deflated. Um, and he, of course, and none of us can help our appearances, his eyes get more and more boggly as he has to try and explain what went wrong there. <laughs> I um, felt for him Chelsea... a bit, I shouldn't do, but, I, oh, I, yeah. you know, but another two gifts from Father Christmas. I mean, how long is he going to persevere <laughs> with this? But he's got a £70 million goalkeeper there sitting on the bench who actually looked quite good the last time he came in. Give him a go, give him a chance. You can't keep picking this guy. It's and been going on since aside, last it, December. It, it, in the stadium, mm. was there anybody who thought the goal was going to be disallowed once the, once the corner is To be honest, Danny, I had to say earlier, I did leave on when Chelsea scored because I was with my young ah, grandson, yeah. so I don't know sure, what that's, the that's reaction, okay. it, reaction in it, the I stadium. I it goes but... back to that thing people often say. It's like, you know, he doesn't fancy Gallagher. Brogia's only getting limited game time. It's much harder than for a young player to knock on a manager's door and ask why mm. they're not playing. Brogia looked, looked great when he yeah. came on. When I mean, you spend a lot of money on a keeper uh, and you've invested in him and you've re- staking your mm. reputation, it's quite... Difficult to drop people sometimes, isn't it? He didn't buy yeah. Mendy and he didn't buy Kepper. No. I mean, he basically likes he likes Mendy because he's six foot six and Kepper's only six foot one. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's got a complete thing about small just, players. Just a note for the referees, and this it's an adjunct to the mm. ranting about um, VAR. Mendy made sure that he pretended he was injured there in the same way oh, yeah. that Christian Eriksen stayed on the mm. ground um, in that move. And um, it's just there's no club bias. I've seen Son Heung-Ming do the mm. same thing yeah. on the edge of the box. If you lose the ball now, it's worth staying down mm. to draw the attention to the officials that you might somehow mysteriously have been, in the modern sense of the word, Foul, yeah, um, or as we know it from old days, um, I was on the pitch. That is a concern, then, isn't it? Because if less things are different, and you probably will see a backlash now, or someone will get two footed in the head, and they won't go back and change it because of that's the way they they seem to flip flop uh, from one weekend to another mm. based on the thing they were criticised for the week before. So there is a worry that we will just see players, as you said, stay down more. Hope it goes oh. back. Hope there's enough contact if you forensically rock and roll mm. over it for ten minutes. It's to disallow the goal. It's hilarious. We, we, you know, often footballers are portrayed as as these kind of um, mindless sheep. And yet, trust me, if there's one iota of advantage to be got out of a, a recent development mm. in the rules, it goes through the, the game yeah. uh, like a dose of salt. They 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 are you know they're the most fantastically educatable <clears throat> young men. Do this, and they all do it instantly. It's the managers will be telling him to do it. Even Arteta, oh, yeah. who's been so, you know sawn off by one mm. in, in his yeah. eyes, he'll be saying. You know, if you can't beat him, join if you, him. If Stay you, lose, if the you ball, lose the ball, yeah. if you lose the ball in your own half, yeah. lie on the pitch, see what happens, yeah. just in case. <laughs> yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We move on then to... Uh, Danny Kelly is with us, by the way. We're looking at all the Premier League games. We've got four to squeeze in in a short time. We move on to Tottenham 5, Fulham 1. Well, that's what it should have been, oh, to give me a far more yeah. comfortable last 10 <laughs> minutes of the game. It was Tottenham's best... I was at the game. Tottenham's best 90-minute yeah. performance of the season, definitely. Against, I think, a Fulham side that probably weren't completely at it 
Um, so, yeah, an interesting game. Again, I, I, Jim and the guys talking about it. On, no goal for Sonny, but he's working hard. And you do sense that uh, when he does score, once he gets one, he'll get more as the old Tottenham Definitely. song goes. Um, yeah, Spurs played well and they've not played well this season. They, they were better and a bit more dynamism and a bit more fluid in their movement. And Son, for the first time this year, treated the ball as though, as though it wasn't a cartoon fizzing bomb. <laughs> um, and I, th- I think he will... Ca- and I think the manager was right to leave him in the team. I think he, he was right to leave him on the pitch for most of the game as well because we know how Son goes. He'll have no goals in five games, albeit last year was slightly different, and then he'll get six in the next seven and mm. we'll, all, we'll all have forgotten about this. Um, what about the substitution, Paul? Taking off Harry Kane, it's only the second time I think mm. Conte has subbed him. Um, for me, it was a problem because it signalled the end of the game. Spurs were two up and you take off Harry Kane. Um, the Fulham players were, really? The game's well, over? I think it's an eye for Wednesday. He's played every minute of every game, more ten or less. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. going to make any, any difference. I mean, maybe I think he just Spurs wanted switched to, off them. He probably wanted to try Richarlison up the middle when he yep, you know there that. was probably a thought of that yeah. and Richarlison was really good I mean the, the, the it gives Spurs a different was. dimension I yeah think. how yes. quickly he's fitted in the link up play with, for a team he's been there for five minutes I was really impressed uh, with he's, him. He's, he's he's done himself no favours with his antics over the years no. because there is a really good footballer there I mean yeah. a proper footballer you don't get to be playing regularly for Brazil up front these days without, unless you can yeah. play but of course all we could ever talk about in the past was he's thrown himself to the ground again or he's he's put his face into someone else's yeah. um, I like the one where he that... gets injured and he stays oh. down but you think he's going to be out for six years yeah. he gets up yeah. but he was one of my favourite players when he was at Everton I think he's a terrific yeah. player yeah. And, and also Fulham are always competitive with Mitrovic because he's oh, constantly what a man the, I mean what Tottenham a man. did a good job on him and the service to him uh, was not great until the moment when it mattered and when he did get his one chance I was right behind that what a goal oh, it was a great hit so, well I was a, yeah. bit, a little surprised Christian Romero you know those greeters they have at the front mm. of big shops in America yeah. when they say oh you're looking for children's clothing it's down there on your right well Christian's going you're looking to curve one in on your right put you inside far post just inside me then sir and that's it past the goalkeeper just that's it yeah. and, and goodness he nearly did it again but mm. we should make the point Hugh Goloris 10 years uh, he's not the greatest player with his feet, but what a goalkeeper he is. That's the, the athleticism. Yeah, yeah. Only for a six man foot one, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> it can be done, Andy, if you're a good goalkeeper. Yeah. We, we know deflections can only be wicked because it's in the yeah. rule books. Oh, and there were two wicked, wicked, two wicked deflections there that that, uh, that he did well to get to. Anyway, we move on to Wolves 1, Southampton nil, And almost certainly yeah. someone is putting together um, a Twitter post this afternoon which says um, Richarlison is the biggest S-house in the Premier League with a picture of um, Diego Costa holding up a Wolf shirt saying, hold my beer. Um, (laughs) Because it looks like he's on his way. I mean, that's a a terrible injury as well. Uh, Playing half of football and doing a cruciate. We we, we wish him well. Um, So they've got to bring some firepower in because, again, they had chances to be far more comfortable. And having seen Wolves earlier this season at Tottenham, they create so much to play some great football. Just don't finish it. The trouble is with Wolves, they're very good technically and they do miss a lot of chances, but so many of their games for neutrals are... I don't know what it is. Andy, a point well made because in a week where we've seen lots of really good Premier League games and Mm. admired the quality of the footballers, this was the one game, perhaps Chelsea not so good either, but this was the one game where you honestly say, man, that was a grind. You know, yeah. Wolves and, and Wolves and Southampton. Southampton have improved. Look at the four players they brought on. They've improved their squad immeasurably over, over the, the summer months. But the two teams, for whatever reason, 
played out a game that you know it, they could they, they could probably be still be playing now and say and, and looking at their watches and say still nil nil is it um it just it, it it just wasn't a very very the teams cancel each other out and it doesn't make for a great watch yeah. um, right. as you say the, the issue the issue the injury is Sasakaladzic hmm. there's not I, I I like every form of football anxiety and bants and all the rest of it except major injuries because it's such a waste of talent yeah. it's not like who the person plays for I'm no, really sorry especially for when it. you spend a lot of money uh, I did think though yeah. that Che Adams should have got a penalty when he handled the ball for denying himself a goal scoring opportunity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he could have gone off couldn't he he could have got a penalty and then been sent off under under the rules Perf- big purple sign on the scoreboard being checked at Stockley <laughs> Park Pugmo's Pugmo's rules yeah, Pugmo <laughs> um, so uh, Newcastle nil Crystal Palace nil Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. This was uh, this was. A, a, it was I mean, all it was about a, one incident, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, an awful lot of chances uh, in yeah, the game. Yeah, this, this was the opposite to the Wolves game. It was mm-hmm. a, a, a fantastic basketball match yeah. between two teams that now did differently competitive. Newcastle got play, better players than they had under Mike Ashley, obviously. So they're a better team. And Palace, uh, well, you know, the idea that they would have 19 shots at goal away from home. Think mm. about the Palace side um, of the last few years. It's just incredible at the transformation there. Um, and, of course, when you when you say all those things, of course it's nil-nil. But yeah. so that's the nature of the game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, again, the, 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 I mean, the foul on Willock, you know, never yeah. mind he did the It should have been a penalty that's, to Newcastle. That is, I think, the very looted. worst decision of the weekend. And yeah. the fact that the, the mm. one angle Lee Mason didn't see the, the conclusive angle that I mean really there are no excuses for not seeing every angle at Stockley Park on a decision and when you see the fact that he is pushed into greater it's just it's just a terrible terrible decision it, it is but this is another part of it when they eventually make that terrible trudge over to the side to look at the screen um it is important that the people in Stockley Park are making decisions of what, what they're going to show the on-field referee mm. they've seen everything but the on-field referee gets an edited version. And whatever he was shown there, um, either he was forced to back up a terrible, terrible call from Lee Mason, or he wasn't shown the right angle because he would have had the guts surely to say, mm. straightforward, well, it's been pushed. It's a good uh, point. It's obvious. You, Danny makes a good point there because I've noticed this a lot, that when the referee goes over to the screen... They never show him the, like, the start of the incident. They always show it frozen no, yeah. on a bit that looks or very they, conclusive. Or they rock and roll over. They, yeah. they kind of move and, back and you think, and well, you're not really giving him a chance to see this. No. Honestly, no, no. that's so Will, Will, it, Will it didn't suddenly that. arrive like Superman on the scene yeah. into the goalkeeper, did he? He was propelled. I mean, the word is today that Michael Oliver's probably going to get his backside kicked for overall well, VAR not. because the protocol, that's a lovely word, is that from Mike Riley's that you shouldn't do that. Once you've been shown that, you tow the Doesn't line. Well, who cares everything? what Mike... Mike oh, Riley's God. a busted flush. He's yeah. overseen the worst implementation. Oliver's our best referee, and yeah. that's why he had the components yeah. to say, sorry, no, that's nonsense. Um, finally then, a very entertaining Merseyside derby. I caught the end of this and yeah, got to the game. I was listening to the radio and was listening to it. Our commentary was actually, yeah, well, Peter they, Reed and Charlie Adam was fantastic. They were really was good, weren't really they, good, together, yeah. Really good listening. Mm. I was going to the game. Um, but a very entertaining game. And again, one of the takeaways from this is that I think it's fair to say that Jordan Pickford deserves the right to be England's number one. They're six on, foot one. Yeah, only six foot one. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what he, you know, he was having one of those games, wasn't he? I mean, there's some good saves from Alisson as well. It, 
it was one of those games where the, the Everton fans, bless them, were saying, we played really well, we were the better side, and yet their goalkeeper was far and away the player of the match by a mile. Mm. Um, and yeah, um, it, it's, it's interesting, though. It's good for him, isn't it? Because with Pope getting a regular start at Newcastle, Henderson getting a regular start, there is competition for the England place now. Um, and so it was good for him to remind people, because he does do hair-raising things, doesn't he, mm. Pickford? But... If in the and again Andy's going to say he's six foot one in the <laughs> old-fashioned job of stopping the football hitting and bulging the onion bag, he's he is somewhere between very good and brilliant at it, and he was brilliant there, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's interesting as well in that game. A very good analysis of Nathan Patterson, who's a really positive player. And how many decent fullbacks have been produced in Scotland? Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's yeah. the home of the fullback yeah. these days, isn't it? The quality. Well, fullback. they're overspilling. They, 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 there's, every Scottish team has got two good uh, fullbacks. Mm. Then a load of them went to the Premier League. Now they're going to Italy and elsewhere as well, aren't they? They're <laughs> yeah. just a huge numbers of them. And uh, the, finally, the final word maybe on the, was it mm. red for you, Danny? The Van Dyke uh, challenge. Um, do you know what? It's dark orange, isn't it? it, 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 it <laughs> burn because burn orange. Yeah, it's, yes, it is. Bring in the simbin. Exactly. So you're suggesting we have the yellow card, the orange card, the burnt orange card and the red yeah. card. The and burnt and sienna burnt and umber. Umber as well. Um, Should the, be simbin. He didn't, he didn't mean to hurt the fella. It was a dangerous tackle. Um, and if he'd been given 10 minutes to go and cool off, I don't think anyone would have, would have complained mm. about that. But I wouldn't want to see people sent off for red cards where they really are not being deliberately reckless. But that, that did look pretty dangerous, didn't it? It did. did. I thought Connor Cody's foot looked offside as well. I know it was controversial, but he, I thought he was offside. Ultimately, but you know, I don't know. I've just said it by that. I've yeah. lost. I've lost the. the I've actually lost the, the run of what offside is. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. what's going? Well, it's going to be yeah. semi-automated, isn't it? It's going to be. Uh, oh, that's going to work a lot. It's better. going to be robots <laughs> doing it. So let's leave the team. Oh, they can't really do is, any worse. It? They can't do any worse. <laughs> yeah. the Hail champion. robots! Yeah. I welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> Take over the world. <laughs> robot. Uh, six months time, we'll have the robot equivalent of. Yeah. Uh, of old left Mike a Riley ball, in the barrel. Robot. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, I've got a wonderful thing for Sued's Corner, which mm. is a little column in Private Eye where people come up with a, an expression that is basically pretentious. Okay, fair enough. And this is, uh, this is the Guardian's report on Formula One today. Mm. And he says, The season has been a trying old slog for Lewis Hamilton at best, and his frustration and disappointment at the Sisyphean task... Of, Sisyphean. Sisyphean task. Yes. Of, yeah, all right, mate. Just say hard. Okay, yeah. I had to look it up. It's pushing a boulder uphill. Yeah, well, a bit like Thanks. doing this show, Andy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so pretentious. Now, so you're writing it. about Formula <clears throat> One, mate. Um, Fleetwood won, Wickham won. And the reason I bring it up is that it was a debut goal for Fleetwood for their new recruit, Admiral Musquay. What a player. Yes. Uh, he's coming, he's Zimbabwean. He'd like Scott Parker's jacket. Well, he probably would. He'd like the four stripes. So, yeah, we never got around to that, that range of clothing. Yeah. The, the, the Admiral Musquay. And yeah. the reason I bring that up is um, probably people meet him for the first time. I think he's done well in the services. What is he? He's probably only about 23. I mean, mm. an Admiral already, the boy Admiral. <laughs> but of course not, that's his name. And it reminded me of a friend of mine who uh, worked with a guy who was British, um, but his parents had given him the first name Lord. Lord. His name was L-O-R-D, Lord. Very good for restaurant booking. Exactly my point. And he used to find that. 
Um, he'd, uh, he'd he'd make a booking and he'd, he'd say, "Have you got room? We'll have to see what's the name." And he'd say, he'd "Say it's Johnson." And if it yeah. was, so that's Lord Johnson. They'd say, "Oh, oh yes, we do seem to have a table." Yeah. And then he'd turn up and they'd say, "This way, my lord." And they just <laughs> and he yeah. never put them right. He never used to say, "No, I'm sorry. It's just it's my name. It's not it's not a title." <laughs> well, I think it's fair it's enough. Just yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it just struck me that um, sometimes a name. It can lead to a little bit of misunderstanding. So the mm. good admiral here mm. be fantastic. I mean, I don't know if he ever goes down. If he ever goes to the, the royal tournament or something. I'm quite a fan of Rabbi Matonda. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I never pray with anyone else. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I mean, I think we know it's pronounced differently, but there's no getting away from the fact that this is Admiral Muskway. So um, yeah, but just it just struck me. If you met him, you'd say, well, you've done you've done incredibly well. Um, Talksport.com forward slash H and J and text to eight ten eighty nine. You can tweet to T S H and J. Anything else, Andy? Yes. Uh what have I got here? Now I've got a few bits actually. I did think actually talking it was an impressive start by Gary O'Neill, who I can report does not have four pointless hoops on his sleeve. He doesn't <laughs> no. well done to he, him he, for he that. dresses down. He's a nice man, Gary. I'm very pleased with Yeah, very pleased. Turn, a great start. Turn, turn uh, that Mary, he's, he's been in the studios quite a few times. He has. Years, yeah. Mary Berry's husband uh, apparently falls asleep when watching her on the mm. TV. Mm. He's not the only one, mate. Maybe is it time for me to try out my Gary O'Neill story? Oh, yeah, go on. Got in a black cab one day and bloke said, finish for the day, mate. You know, the phrase you always get. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. what'd you, what'd you do? Oh, well, a radio station. Oh, I'll talk, I'll talk sport. He said, oh, yeah. This is years ago, by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. seven, eight years ago. Do you know Gary O'Neill? I said, oh, you remember Gary? Yeah, yeah. Pompey, a good player. Great, no, he's a good yeah. lad, isn't he? Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah he's blah, blah, blah. And I thought, blimey, he seems to know a lot about Gary O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. And he's my son-in-law, oh, he said. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, he did a real PR job. And a well, couple of times I've seen, I saw Gary afterwards, I said, your father-in-law, he's a big fan. When everybody gets in the cab and they like football, they get five minutes on your attribute. So I don't know if he got Jeff Moston in the cab at some point. Do you know Gary O'Neill? Jeff, he's very good. It make a very good caretaker it's manager, funny, isn't it? What, yeah. What happens? You know, they, mm. I mean, the results were so poor under Scott Parker, and the two good yeah. performances. I mean, really. also to be two 0 down half time and, and and get them going again. That was mm. that was impressive. Um, are you are you aware of the uh, uh, the Himmerland Cup? Are you aware of this? No, I'm not. It's what the made in Himmerland tournament in Denmark, and uh, England's Oliver Wilson uh, won it uh, at the weekend. The trophy, though, is quite interesting. It's not a kind of it's not the sort of standard cup you'd expect. It looks oh, yeah. like the sort of um, the sort of bowl you'd buy in IKEA <laughs> and float tea lights in and put it in your garden, <laughs> doesn't it? What a it's strange got that kind of look. Wasn't of a bit of... So distasteful, wasn't it? Though three point nine million he won, didn't he, or something like that? I mean, just you just think, who cares? Oh, this isn't. Uh, this was on. This is. A, yeah, this uh, this wasn't uh, one of the live tournaments. Oh, wasn't that oh, Dustin no, Johnson? No, 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 no. This no. is Oliver Wilson. No, oh, Oliver Wilson. A, no, this right. is a DP World Tour event. Oh, this fair is, enough. This then, is yeah. proper golf. Oh yeah, okay. and uh, <laughs> he won it fair. But it just struck me as the. What have you won for winning something? What was the trophy? Uh, if you want to share with a class uh, what constituted a trophy when you won it, this this bowl that looks like you would buy mm. it, uh, online or it's like a Habitat sale, um, go and check it out, the Made in Himalayas trophy, and uh, tell us this afternoon what you won for winning it. The best one ever that we ever got, definitely, over the years on the show, was the, the Vets and Golf Society at the club and uh, one of their number had a hip replacement. Oh, yeah. And he kept the old hip, didn't he? And so they mounted it on a plinth. <laughs> 
and the over, horrible. And, and the vets used to play for it every year. <laughs> One of their numbers, <laughs> old marvelous. hip joint uh, on a plinth with a little gold plaque. So um, that that's right up there with the very best of them. So what did you play for and what did you win in, in lieu of a trophy? I mean, not a gift, but you know what I mean? It was supposed to be the official trophy. Probably one of those they've just bought uh, in the uh, the local cobblers, I want to imagine. Did you see this one? This is an odd story. Sir Bobby Charlton's boyhood Bible found in a Manchester jumble sale could go on sale for could go for eight hundred pounds at auction. Wow! I mean, a how did they know? I well, it's probably got his name. In probably the got his name it. in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's a strange thing to want to own, isn't it? A Bobby Charlton's for... boyhood Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can see why it's a collector's item, isn't it? Is if, you're, it? if you're the Bobby Charlton completist, if you're a big Manchester United fan, well, I suppose so. it's a piece. It's just you know, anything childhood from people that weren't famous at that yeah, time. I suppose so. Always as a cachet, yeah. it's old sort of Lennon stuff yeah, and the strands stuff of and his old hair. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Th- I don't know. I've got no idea. But I can, I can see, I can see. I'll the buy appeal. it for you. It's only eight hundred quid. Yeah, go on, Andy. Push you. Go for it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Joined now by uh, Farnborough Football Club uh, radio star um, Andy <laughs> Smart. He's coming in his Farnborough uh, Football Club top with the word radio yeah, on the side. It's very so official. It looks yeah, like it sort of a cricket shirt. It's, it's it a does, nice yeah. top. We haven't even got these at Talksport. Yeah, we don't. We got <laughs> I've got a, a dark blue one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, so you, you, you've been doing the co-commentaries for... Uh, uh, I have all last season, and I'll start again this season on uh, Saturday against Concord Rangers, and then we've wow. got Tunbridge Angels on Tuesday, and it's, uh, the season's It's an interesting approach, because often the, yeah. the co-com is a is a, an ex-player or someone, but they've gone down... Oh, well, the, I've played a the bit. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've not but played at the I'm top di- level, though, I, sc- I scored a goal in Kilkenny <laughs> when I was 59. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed because you said you're not biased. I used to love the late, great Dave Higson. Yeah. That's that's. What you want from a club commentator? Yeah, really. yeah well, we've seen yeah, Chris, right. Chris, the other guy, he's he's quite biased. But I'm yeah, not. you want that from a, you want that if it's the home channel. Now, Andy, the reason uh, great you've popped in. Thanks yes. for doing that. But Andy was telling me earlier on. I've read a couple of pieces about this. The headline in the Times is it's time to end Valencia's ball running bloodbath. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a very poor article. Okay, I've read it, and um, I mean the thing is that there's. People always think that there's only one bull run, and that's in mm. Pamplona. And most people think it's just one day. I have to explain. When I say I've done 62 runs, they go, well, how's that? And I go, well, yeah. they do it eight days in a row. And mm. it's the same all over Spain. The, 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 the bull run season starts in in February on uh, Pancake Tuesday and goes through to the end of October. And it's it's just... There, there are so many bull runs. Like there was one fin- finished yesterday. Are there more than there used to be? Is that part of the problem? Now no, no. There's always more? been. It's it got the figure right. There's about sixteen thousand bull runs every yeah. year, and one just finished in Sants yesterday, and and also in Quella. Quella's the mad one. Quella's the one where they go down the side of a mountain. So you've got a sheer rock face on one side and a four hundred foot drop on the other, and Whoa. six bulls chasing you. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be good. You've got to be good to do that one. So, I mean, the the figures are are not good, are they? Seven people killed, more than 300 injured during the event. What what are you putting it down to? Back in 17, there was Mm. 14 deaths. So, Mm. I mean, I suppose it's because the season hasn't ended yet and there's already been seven. But the the problem is, with the smaller bull runs, they're out in the countryside and they're a long way from the nearest hospital. Where in Pamplona, you've got, in the bull ring, they've got the the most amazing operating theatre under the actual bull ring so if anyone gets injured they're straight in there and they can save them but if you're out in the country and you've got a three three hour you know drive to the nearest hospital mm. 
you haven't got any chance at all. And who are the people um, being affected? Is it kind of ball run tourism? This it or is. It's is... people not understanding what they're getting into because right. uh, these aren't just normal cattle. They're not. They're not uh, the cows that you see in the fields here, mm. or, or, or even like in Aberdeen Angus. They, these are, are, are they're bred to kill. They are mm. killing bulls, and they will kill anything. They, they, they they've had four years of the best. Uh, pasture land in Spain and they never see a human on two legs until they get into the bull ring mm. normally um, and the other problem is that the smaller um, uh, bull runs they use bulls that have been used already so as the bull, as the bull does each run it learns more and more about what a human is right. and how to how to go for it wow and so that's the prob that's a, another problem that they have with them but it, yeah, it's uh, it's got to. I'm, I'm I'm glad they brought up the the, the fire on the horns because that's got to stop. That's what's that? That's, that's, going, that's, yeah. that's one. There? That's one of the festivals near Valencia, right? And also the one where <clears throat> they stand on the harbour wall and they get the bull to charge them, and then they mm. they at the last minute they jump into the water, and sometimes the bull doesn't stop and goes lands on top of them. So you have got a ton of bull. Well, 500 kilos of bull landing on top of you, it's going to hurt. The, the other mm. thing that, I mean, a lot of people be listening to this and think, oh, it sounds horribly cruel to the bulls. I mean, you, yeah. you're a caring soul. We've known you a long time. Yeah. So from the animal welfare point of view, from what you've seen in Pamplona, what do you make of that? How do you, well, do you... personally, I, I've, I've stopped going to bullfights <laughs> because they, yes, mm. I do agree that the bullfight is, 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 is but very But the bull cruel. runs are different But the bull, the bull run fights. is a different thing yeah, because you, it, the bull's got the upper hand. It, it's, 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 it's unencumbered. It can run freely through the streets. And it's it's the skill of the runners to keep that ball moving in the right direction and get it through the run, and that's the, that's the skill of it. If you go onto Facebook and look up Aorta Oleris A I T O R O L O R I Z, his he, if you see some of the, the the shots of him running, he's the best bull runner in the world in my eyes. And I study, you know, I study what he does before I, I get in the run. You Usain Bolt. <laughs> I Usain Bolt. Well, no, because Usain Bolt wouldn't know about the bulls and how yeah. a bull behaves because right? he understands exactly how the bull behaves, and mm. he, he'll run with just a rolled-up newspaper, and he'll really? stay right on the on the nose. What do they of the tend bull. to read then? The bulls. I mean, <laughs> well, in, I've got a thing here because in Not Spanish, fan of the in Spanish newspapers, they do have spot the bull competition. Don't like the, don't like the red tops. <laughs> do they have a spot the bull competition? Just take it. The they have bull fighting match of the day. So, um, it's, look, I mean, these go on. These are this is a great Spanish tradition. I agree. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't want anything yeah. to do with bullfighting anymore. But bull running is part of the Spanish tradition. Do you ever see it ending or not? Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the, I mean the bullfights are already banned in Catalonia. Mm. So I think that's... and the but the running, the bull running, the, you the think? bull running. Mm. I hope would continue because if there, if mm. the, if there's no. Uh, outlet for these bulls to be used, they will they will die out. They'll just become zoo animals uh, because they're not they're not particularly bred for their meat. Although the meat is fantastic, but they 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 they're bred for the killing to be a killing animal. So mm. it's it's like uh, the, the farmers would just stop. They get the best pasture land in Spain, so the farmers would turn that over to something more lucrative rather than if if you know waste it on a, on a, and just keeping some bulls around whenever you're on with us a lot of listeners have always wanted to do it I've always fancied yeah. going to Pamplona because you've you know mm. yeah, it, the social the whole atmosphere of it you've told well, us the, yeah, you the bull runs back. two minutes yeah. and then the rest of it is party it's just a yeah. party but I mean what would you if, if anybody out there think I've always wanted to do it and they're reading pieces like this today would you advise them to do it and if so how? I'd, I'd say do your homework if you know don't I've seen mm. so many stag parties just turn up and just just jump in the run no, it's very not bad knowing idea. what 
what's going on. Mm. Or, or what? Should they be allowed to do that? Isn't there, a, isn't there someone there saying, <laughs> you, shouldn't there be someone well, who organises yeah, I mean, saying, don't do oh, that? And mobile phones, they turn around and try and, and film it. And you're going, what the heck <laughs> yeah, are you doing? You know, this is this is a killing machine coming down this street. You don't, you, it's a it's selfie not of time. me being gored. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Well, so won't there be more, uh, 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 more restrictions put on the mm. runs? Because yes. if there's... T- so how, how, what do the locals make... Of, of of this kind of bull run tourism, how do they feel about the organisers? They, they get very frustrated with with the tourists turning up and mm. just joining in without knowing what they're doing, and, mm. and especially for the good runners who, who really want to to run properly, they can't because there's there's idiots falling over in front of them trying to get up. When you go down, you're supposed to stay down mm. and cover your head, and everyone will jump over you. But these idiots just start trying to stand up, and then they bring the person behind them down. Then they, yeah. that creates a pile, and the ball just goes straight into it. It's that's where you get the the bad injuries. Next mm. time uh, Farnborough are losing, you should try releasing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hell of a tactic. <laughs> yeah. So you'd go again, Andy. I mean, you you couldn't go this oh, yeah. year because you had and, COVID, well, I, didn't you? Yeah, I had COVID. That was so depressing. <laughs> Three years of waiting for it. Mm. Um, and mm. I was and all the boys that I run with in Pamplona, they were they were in Sants. Uh, which is San Sebastian del Reyes, which is on the outskirts of Madrid. Um, and that just finished yesterday, and they wanted me to go down straight after Edinburgh yeah. and, and do the, the couple of runs with them there. But um, And they managed to do a run in the morning in, in Sants, and then they, they, they got in cars, and they went up to Quella and did the one down the mountain. Wow. So they did two on one day. Wow. So um, I would love to have done it, but I just I was recovering from Edinburgh. It was, mm. a, it was a, a long month up there. A lot of, lot of uh, whiskey was drunk. <laughs> Tell you, it's the last thing you want to do. The, 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 the ball gets drunk by osmosis. Um, and so, yeah, you mentioned it up in Edinburgh, and you're back with the, the comedy store comedy players in players London. every Sunday, yeah. We, were, we had a great show last night, and it was great to be back with Josie and, uh, and Lee. Josie and Lawrence, of course. Yeah, Josie yeah. Lawrence, yeah. Lee Simpson, uh, Neil Malarkey, Richard France, and we had Ishani Perapanai again playing the piano last night it's yeah no it's just, that's like my living room that is going back to the comedy store. store Sunday nights what time are you on if people are in 7 London 7.30 every Sunday yeah. a bit of a night lovely out. to see you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, Farnborough beating one of my local clubs Chesant the other yeah, day yeah uh, yeah well we've 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 got we've, we've had a, an unfortunate start of the season and we played Ebbsfleet uh, Bath and Haven and Waterlooville who uh, I reckon will be the top three this season oh, wow because they've they've spent a lot of money and they've got like having them Waterlooville. You, you look at their team; it's all ex pros. Well, they're, they're pros still, mm, but yeah. ex sort of league players. And uh, so and we've so we've we've had a tough start to the season, but now we've got to beat the ones that are around us really. But we yeah, I reckon we'll do all right. We we do need a centre forward. I think Nishi and Ferdinand are our best two up front, and I don't know why Mr. Spencer hasn't played them together up front yet, but. I hope he's listening. Yeah, there we are. Well, he often does when you come on, especially how you're working for his radio station. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. It's Clips of the Week pewter time. We can't mm. call them gold, so we'll just call them pewter. They're um, from 2010. We've not heard them since. The producer mm. curates them from his ancient mini-disc player. And uh, we just bring you a few random ones from uh, back in 2010. We have a dozen for you today. And we'll kick off, as we have done regularly over the years, with Big Alan Brazil on breakfast. I was in a, I was in a bar. That, I'm always in bars. Well, yeah, you didn't enough. need to tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell us that. And nothing's changed in the last 12 years. Oh, really? No. no. Uh, this is a caller now. I'm a West 
Sam fan. I played football from about the age of five or six. I come from Essex originally, so kind of inbred, you know, all the way through till I was 18. Bit, bit weird. I don't think I admit that. Yeah, there, <laughs> there we are. Uh, here's Mike Parry discussing the England squad. At the end of the day, I don't see anybody outside of the squad that he's left out mm. that would improve the squad right. um, at, at any point. And so I think you've just got to go with his judgment because I, I'd have, up to uh, now he's done a great job. I'd have put Gary Steams and uh, Jackie Elker in as contenders for defenders uh, because Gary Steams has come back to top form. Contenders for defenders. The contenders for defenders, yeah. Which Gary Stevens he was talking about. I don't know, maybe talking about somebody else. Uh, that was Mike Graham, of course. What's next? It's Don McGuinness with a match report. They're Anfield, Don McGuinness and Ray Houghton. Liverpool nil, Chelsea won. Drogba with that goal after Stephen Gerrard's inexplicable... Oh, I can't even say the word. Inexplicable. Applicable. But go- <laughs> inexplicable <laughs> that you couldn't say. That's inexplicable. Odd. That's very something that never comes up in the boxing, <laughs> which Dom uh, does a lot of now. Um, sticking with the match reporters, here's Jeff Peters. Said to be back in the starting lineup for Stoke. The changes for the visitors, Hibbert, Billiet, you know, him... <laughs> <laughs> also sounding quite young there as yeah, well. Yeah, the youthful, yeah, that's right. Here's a caller now to Mike Graham. Double three, double four. Let's see if we can find Pete in Washington, D.C. Hello, Pete. Hello, Mike. Hi. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm very... Yeah, I, I'm Pete. Uh, some people might know me by my nickname, Knuckles, but uh, there we go. Yeah, who's that? Sounds like a charmer. <laughs> Didn't sound like a knuckles, did he? Great nickname, Didn't sound like it, Dangerous it? Dave, did he? Uh, this is um, Jason Cundy and Tony Cascarino. <laughs> I don't want to under, undermine his achievements, but Ajax, PSV, yeah. are certainly not the clubs of years gone by. The Dutch league is a lot weaker. Ajax used to clean up, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but they are weaker. They're a lot weaker than they have been. <laughs> didn't get it. He, he didn't get it, did he? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Did he? Over, over Tone's yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Mike Parry. No, uh, no, it's, no not. it's not. You've missed one out. I have. It's our old mate Nigel Botherway on Fisherman's Blues now, and he had news of a thrilling new book. Doesn't say who it's from... But it says Geoffrey Palmer's eel fishing guide was Steve Ricketts, author of Eels the Final Frontier. That sounds like a hell of a read, doesn't it? Eels the fight. It's a kind of Star Trek. I remember that clip. It's Star Trek with eels. Yeah, all the parts were played by eels. It's uh, very weird. Um, yeah, this is uh, Mike Parry alongside Andy Townsend. Che in Romford. Right. Che, 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 whatever it is, anyway. Che, yeah. C H E. How am I pronouncing che. that? Che. Che. Uh, the is, reason... is there a resonance sign above the E? No. Right, it's Che then. Uh, che. The reason... <laughs> or Chai. Or, or Chi. Yeah, <laughs> it's Mickey Quinn. Good morning and welcome to the Weekend Sports Breakfast. I'm Mickey Quinn and I'm sitting next to me. That is quite cosmic, isn't it? Yeah. How did you do that? That's very strange, Mick. <laughs> We're going to start to... Yeah, OK. Mm. Uh, back to Mike Parry now, talking politics. So what happened when Nick Clegg turned around and said, look, look, Dave, or Mr Cameron, or Cammy. Don't think you call him Cammy. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you call David Cameron Cammy. Cammy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, it's back to Alan Brazil talking racing. By the way, I'm going to the Belmont Stakes, Al. Ah. At Belmont Park. Well, don't be too excited about Belmont, to be honest, because with the greatest respect, it's a bit of a dump. <laughs> greatest respect. <laughs> when you say, when you say with the greatest of respect, uh, Alan, what do you, what do you no mean? No respect at all. So there we are. There's a, a bit of pewter, Clips mm. of the Week pewter from back in 2010, and we'll, we'll find you a few more, dust a few more off. As long as, all the time that mini disc keeps working. Is it, is it, a, is it a Sony one, quality one, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I had one back in the day. I think I bought one 
just as they kind of died out. Yeah, I had one as well. What a, moment, what what a yeah. moment to get into that particular market. Well done. We did mention uh, mm. the the Himmelland Cup, made in Himmelland Cup, that uh, there was one uh, at the weekend by Oliver Wilson uh, on the uh, on the world tour uh, from the world of golf, and it just looks like uh, like a big sort of pot you'd you'd buy on the, online or buy an habitat and you'd float tea lights in in mm. your garden Very if nice. that's the yeah. kind of thing you yeah, like to not, do yeah. didn't look like a sports trophy we wondered what you won for for doing something special played in a table tennis tournament and I made the final ended up losing to the number 10 in England but gutted to see there were no trophies or medals the presentation was made outside uh, in a venue by the woods so the organisers gave us both a twig <laughs> great <laughs> but I'm sure you cherish it Paul the Palace sure it wasn't fan, a gold you know, twig or anything no just a twig on the, on the weekend, I was uh, with a friend who used to be long, long time ago. Was an actor, and we were. I sort of googled him, and yeah. Blah, 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 and then he asked asked me about me, so I googled. I said to him, "The thing is, the thing is about my Wikipedia. It's always people are always getting at it." And citation needed, yeah. Andy. Citation yeah. needed, Jacob. So, <laughs> no, I haven't looked at it for a while. Oh yeah. But I've. This is. What's brilliant. the current state of play? I am the current electric scooter land speed world record holder. Well, well done. After averaging 132.6 miles an hour over three attempts through Kew Gardens in Cheswick. <laughs> brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> That's but not true, I take is, it. Of course it's not true. Oh, okay. The thing friend. is, people, you know, we all do that when we're researching. You look at somebody's Wikipedia. It's so annoying. Apparently, we, we present the show with Disco John every weekday live from the Five Oaks. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's nice. It's lovely little bit of local. Well, that is true, Andy. That, yeah. that is definitely true. Um, we mentioned earlier on uh, the Luton player on loan at Fleetwood scored in his debut the other day, mm. Admiral Muskway. And yeah. uh, we said he's done ever so well to reach the rank of Admiral as such a young man. He's probably only in his 20s. Was he 24? Of course not. That's mm. his name. But uh, there might be some people out there that, I mean, if you met him somewhere, there was a few sailors about, they might salute him, given yeah. the name. Um, and I, I told of a friend's uh, mm. colleague, who was his first name was Lord. That was his first name. And, um, yeah, he, he always got a table at a restaurant and so, people yeah. slightly bow in the head, even though not a lord at all. Um, ten years ago, my son bought my wife and I uh, a title, Lord and Lady, for a wedding present. You then own one metre square of somewhere. Anyway, a year later, my wife booked a trip to Estonia, booked the hotel as Lady Dyer. Upon arrival, we were upgraded to a suite, says Andrew. Because they didn't dig too deeply, did they? It plays no. well, doesn't it? British yeah, aristocracy yeah. overseas. People will always buy that sort of stuff. Yes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, and we turn now to a, a new film that you'll see, I believe, from September the 9th in this country. I saw a trailer of it uh, at the cinema last week and watched the film very much enjoyed it as did Andy it's called See How They Run it's a master fantastic Anglo-American cast lots and lots of familiar faces and one of them is the star of the brilliant This Country uh, actor and Fulham fan Charlie Cooper and we'll be joined by Charlie himself on the other side of this clip from the film the victim's name is Leo Kopernik sir seems he was killed in the costume store <laughs> deposited here, staged, so to speak. Sorry, sir. How much longer do you intend to hold us all hostage? Or is that the idea? Gather all the suspects and interrogate each of us in turn until the mystery is solved? Marvin Kokonaris, overrated playwright. Celebrated playwright? Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I can't read my own handwriting. We have a serial killer on the loose. Please, stand back! 
under the mat. We are no longer merely suspects. We are also potential victims. So what did he do that made you suspicious? It wasn't so much what he did, it was more the way he did it. How did he do it? Sort of suspiciously. Right. Charlie Cooper, good afternoon. Hello. Yes. Uh, well, it is a heck of a cast, isn't it? It was one, one of those... Absolutely amazing. ...turn up to film it. I don't know how much of that you did as ensemble stuff, but, I mean... Uh, oh, amazing. I, I felt totally out of my depth when I turned <laughs> up, but um, it's a bit like fantasy football, that cast. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like you spend 10 million on Adrian Brody, 8 million on <laughs> Sam Rockwell, <laughs> but, then, but then you've got, like, half a million lefts, which, you know, you buy the sort of Bournemouth reserve goalkeeper. Is that what you're saying you are? You're the Bournemouth reserve goalkeeper? <laughs> oh, completely. No, if this yeah. was fantasy football, I'd be on the bench. Um, <laughs> you're doing yourself We should give down. people some names. Sam Rockwell uh, is in it. Yeah. Uh, people will know from Jojo Rabbit and other fine work. Saoirse Ronan as well. Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson. Yeah. Our old mate Tim Key pops yeah, up Tim. as well. Uh, John Clifford, Reese Shearsmith. Blimey. I mean, just yeah, so many more names as well. I, it was, I was reading a little piece, I think saw Sharon talking about the fact that it was made at a time, he actually made the movie around lockdown, and it was just a relief yeah. to see other people and, and just interact with other people at the time. Oh, my God. It was, about, it was like learning how to socialise again. It was so weird. Yeah, because I, I hadn't done anything in a couple of years before that. Um, so yeah, it was like, um, I just couldn't talk to people properly. I was sort of slurring my words. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we all feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what but, about um, the, oh, sorry, go on. No, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what about the film itself? What, tell us what it's about. So it's about, um, <clears throat> a, uh, 1950s, it's set in the 1950s mm. in London and it's about a, um, a theatre production about, uh, the Agatha Christie play The Mousetrap. Mm. And it's um, and it's sort of like a murder mystery within a murder mystery, if that makes sense. So a couple of uh, crew get murdered, and um, it's just a classic whodunit. It's sort of a family film. It's really, I mean, the great thing about doing a comedy murder mystery is that you can sort of make like make light of all those sort of uh, uh, whodunit tropes and mm. sort of the red herrings. And these are characters you would have seen before, but you can sort of make a joke of it, which is really nice. So it doesn't feel sort of like an eggy sort of straightforward drama. Um, so it's sort of like, yeah, seeing a murder mystery, but from a slightly different perspective. And it's just, um, it was so much fun to do. And like we said earlier, just such a good cast. So, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it, as you said, it kind of points up a lot of the tropes of those sorts of films, but there's a lot of a sort of affection mm. Uh, as well in it, I kind of, when Some you of watch the it. names as well, Inspector Stoppard, that's obviously after Tom Stoppard, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but no, yeah. Do you know what? Mm. It's like, it's everything that I would love from a film. It's like a real Sunday afternoon, evening, where you can just sort of like sit on the sofa with the family and watch it. And that's really, really nice to be a part of that. Um, and you, it's just pure escapism, I suppose, sort of, um, yeah, you can really get lost in those world, in that world. And with anything, period, I suppose you do, because it's just a different time and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, really nice. Now, they're making another football analogy is you are now um, Bournemouth reserve keeper. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, often players, you know, they often sign, you know, it was the old uh, uh, Harry Redknapp always signing Nico Cranshaw type thing. But um, yeah. you've worked with the, you worked on this country with the, the director of the film, didn't you? So uh, maybe, maybe you're his Nico Cranshaw in this case. <laughs> oh, my God, completely. Well, he just called me up and said, look, I've been asked to do this sort of uh, amazing, massive film. 
but I'm absolutely terrified. Will you be a small part in it? So I just got someone to talk to on set. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Where do I sign? But um, but no, it's so nice to be able to work with him because I know how he works. And I think mm. it was easy, it was good for me to because I haven't really done much outside of this country. So um having him there was sort of really comforting. And yeah, we had a real laugh. So that was it just felt like old times, which is brilliant. I was looking at a bit of biog. I mean, you did. You sort of came relatively late to acting, as much as you can, as you're still young. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't. You weren't classic sort of stage school. You did proper jobs, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. I, do you know what? It's a complete accident. I, I my sister went to drama school and always wanted to do acting, and and I think it was I'd gone to university, hated it, dropped out. I think we sort of um, we just started writing this idea for something for her to be in because she wasn't getting any jobs. And then a few years passed and we're trying to get this idea off the ground, which eventually became this country. But when it came to casting, she's just like, look, we can't find anyone else who can do the accent because it's set in the West Country. Mm. Um, she was like, look, you're just going to have to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't quite know how because I sort of feel like I'm a bit of a uh, introvert and performing has never really come naturally to me. So complete accident, but feel so lucky and grateful to be involved in this world, I suppose. Um, but yeah, lovely. It's you, good. yeah, you. Uh, something else that uh, we saw you on a little while ago was with um, was Paul and Bob gone fishing. You are you're a bit of a oh, fishing, yeah, yeah, bit of, of a fishing fan as well. Aren't yeah, you? Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I love fishing. They were just. I mean, again, that was just a dream come true. Mm. I mean, Paul Whitehouse just took the mick out of me for about four hours. But, <laughs> <laughs> was, but watching them two in the flesh together just mm. go at it, it's just like ah, oh, you sort of feel like you won a competition. <laughs> now, um, people might think you're a Swindon fan because of this country, but um, yeah. you're a big Fulham fan, aren't you? Why, why is that? Do you know what? I should be a Swindon fan. It's weird. A lot of my mates are Swindon fans. I just, when I was getting to football, dad took me to a game purely because it was easy to get tickets at Fulham. Mm. And, and it just stuck. We just loved it. And, you know, through that, I got my dad involved. And, yeah, we just sort of been going ever since. Um and you know it's it's not been all up. There's been a lot of downs. So, um, but I, 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 there is something unique about Fulham. I do love it. I just there, there isn't another club that I'd, I'd want to follow. It's just mm. um, there's a lot of characters there. Yeah, very, something about that very... cottage as well when they come out of that. I'm glad that they retained that. There was talk, wasn't there, that they were going to yeah. move to the new stand, which looks fantastic. It does. I saw you, Andy, you were passing it the other day and showed yeah. me a picture. It looks amazing, the new stand. So nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of half open at the moment, but being able to merge, like, the new and the old is really nice and not having to move to, like, a soulless bowl on the sort of edge of a industrial estate of the city. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like the fact that you have to build on what you've got there because it's central London, really. Um, so yeah, it's just a beautiful stadium and, um, love it every time I go. That's great. And they've made a good start haven't they? good, solid start. And they look like they should be okay. Uh, do you know what? It, it's been such a contrast to the last two times we've been promoted and there's, we've got something that we just didn't have that last two times. And that's just this toughness, that real grittiness. And that's just so refreshing to watch. Just get, you know, rolling your sleeves up and getting stuck in. It's not really the Fulham way, but... Mm. We're doing it this year, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just so good to see. Just going back to the film, Charlie, there was, mm. I didn't know about this fact, Andy did, but I didn't know about this fact that um, they could make a film of the mousetrap, which your film is based on, 
uh, until the run had come to an end. But, of course, it's never come to an end. <laughs> it's been running no. since, about 1953. So this <laughs> is a kind of, effectively, the film of the of the play. It's about the closest you're ever going to get because there's no signs of it closing down. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen it. Charlie, I, 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 I have, but I can't remember who'd done it, otherwise I'd tell you. Yeah, thank you. Don't <laughs> ruin it. I like a spoiler. <laughs> Attempted to go yeah. down the queue, say it was the butler. Don't bother. <laughs> Save yourself. Unfortunately, I can't quid. remember. It was such a long time but ago. I can't remember who have, did it. Did you get to see it as research? I suppose you couldn't because of lockdown, I suppose. No, couldn't see it, exactly. There was nothing going on at the time, which is really surreal, actually. I think all the pubs and restaurants and stuff were closed, so I didn't even have a chance to sort of mingle with the cast and get to know people that well. So it's such a surreal experience. Wow. So look, it's, it's mm. been lovely to talk to you and yeah. uh, we yeah. wish you well with the film. It's out on Friday. Have you got other stuff in the pipeline? Yeah, just a few writing projects really, but nothing TV-wise, just sort of um, bumbling on at home really, watching Fulham, that's about it. Fantastic. Sounds good. <laughs> yep, and well, we wish you yeah. well with the film. Good to talk to you, Charlie. Oh. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. See how they run out on September the 9th in the UK, as we said with that uh, stellar cast, including Charlie there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be back tomorrow with Charlie. Andy will be here on uh, Wednesday. This week we're going to have live cricket. and Well, mm. we're going to have updates from the cricket and live racing for you from Doncaster. Good. So plenty of live sport coming up this week and Champions League and more. So, uh, yeah, I'll catch up with you tomorrow with uh, Charlie. Do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.